0: Hey guys, bit nobody before we start today's episode, just take a second to talk about our sponsor sinister jerky. And you can find that at www.sinisterjerky.com. They have all sorts of flavors from carnage asada, OG the pickle, which is made with dill flavoring, crack pepper, mango, habanero, and sriracha smoke. All these flavors are amazing. I've tried them all personally, and I cannot recommend them enough. Use code kingdom at checkout for a 10% discount. That code is KINGDOM, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. All right, guys, we'll catch you after the episode. All right, welcome back to Castle Combs. Episode 50, there will be a giveaway. Somewhere in between the episode, I'm going to have a little weird alert noise and a magic word. Just respond to the magic word to the email address I'm going to give, and you can enter yourself to win an extra five mouse Today... I am blessed to have Dotty Hack in the house with us. Dotty Hack, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's a Sunday. didn't have to work. Slightly medicated with edibles. It's a good time. <laughs> having a good day. Yeah, how are yeah. you doing
1: over there, Dottie? You're in yeah, Washington, right? Relaxed. Right, yeah. I'm up in Washington. I actually t- took an overnight trip to Oregon last night, so that was fun. Nice. Just got to wind down with a friend. I uh, kind of just relax for the weekend. Sometimes I have, like, really high-octane weekends. Sometimes I just keep it low-key, you know.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, before we get started, I have to clear the air. Are you a Seattle Kraken fan?
1: I am. And the beauty of it is is that I grew up on the East Coast, and I've been watching the Washington Capitals since I was, like, five years old. So, you're so an Ovi and Oshi fan. Fan. I'm a I'm a big Capitals fan, but I can't lie. When I heard that the Kraken were coming to Seattle, I was all over it and I bought it. And it's it's been a lot of fun getting to be a part of a new team. And, right. you know, the Kraken and the Capitals don't play each other very often. So I kind of get to root for both. And it's like the best of both worlds.
0: Exactly. So as a Kraken fan, with the inaugural season under your belt, who was your Kraken MVP? And then who was your favorite player just because?
1: I, th- I would have to say the Kraken MVP before he had a season-ending ACL injury was probably Brandon Tanov. Um, guy was just always, you know, he's just one of those guys that always skated up and down the ice, hustled, was always putting points on the board. Turbo. Never yeah. like, always, turbo, yes. Always giving you 110%. Um, so and the like, smug shot
0: to- in that sweater. Oh, yeah, dude. Got the crazy With hair
1: And all that. Yeah, it's so good. It's so funny. So oh. I would definitely have had to have him as my season MVP up until his injury, and then my favorite player uh, who came over from the Islanders is Jordan Eberle, whose jersey I bought uh, at like my first game when I went to the went to see the Kraken.
0: I like Jordan Eberle. See, I'm being in Santa Cruz. San Jose is just down the way, so I grew up a Sharks fan. They came around in the '90s when I was a young kid, so I love them. I loved that you guys got Don Scoy. I, I grew up liking Don Scoy because he got our first stanley cup game win in overtime against the pens with that mm. beautiful wrap around the goal shot from the from the dot it was great and then you guys got jordan you got not jordan you got true i forget his first name because he wasn't on my team for very long i just know his last name is oh, True. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. very sad alexander true i think alexander yeah. there you go so are you looking forward to the next season of Kraken hockey and did you make your way out to uh what is it uh global it's something like a uh, green piece or like solar something like rejuvenating energy like stadium or something like that uh climate pledge reading there you okay, go yeah, climate yeah. pledge i went down to about
1: i think i saw three games there i'm pretty sure i saw them play the capitals which my buddy Rasmus oh, went to. to which was awesome and then i believe i saw them play uh the oilers and then the wild i believe so i got i got to see a mix of teams there but you got to see
0: you got to see ovi and then did you get to see flurry when he was a wild uh i think that was before he
1: got traded i think talbot was a net at that point but still
0: you got a good rounded series of teams
1: oh yeah it was definitely it's always fun i just i love hockey games in the atmosphere and that stadium is rocking if you have a chance to go it is one of the most unique stadiums you'll go to and the energy there is unmatched it is so cool to go to a game
0: there so the city that invented the nine dollar cup of coffee i've heard rumors that bottles of water there in excess of ten dollars is that in fact true or is that bullshit they so some of the some of the pricing for some of the
1: drinks is high but here's the catch they now have uh like you know how you go up to like you go to mcdonald's or whatever and you go to the fountain and you fill up your your cup as long as you have a cup whatever kind you can go to whatever station all across the stadium and just fill up for with whatever you want water sprite coke free of charge it's just one of their things that they're trying to do to like you know reduce plastic waste and the and their carbon footprint and all
0: that so well, like lives if, up to the you, climate pledge thing
1: right so if you bring like a clear bottle of wa- a clear like water bottle you can fill it up with whatever you want anytime during the game like no charge that's yeah. the cool thing about it so it's really unique going to a game there
0: and would you say being a brand new team is the city behind the team
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, they had a really rough season last uh, last year, and I think right. I had a little bit higher set of expectations from them. But with their draft and the way that they just went through free agency, I, I strongly think that the Kraken will probably be a playoff team next year, especially with a full season with Matty Beneers, their new draft pick, Shane Wright. Uh, they just got Justin Schultz up from defense uh, from Washington. We got my boy, Andre Burakovsky from the Avalanche, who was also a former Washington capital and Philip Grubauer who will probably have another full season under his belt. So I think it'll be a really good season for
0: them moving forward. Right. The Vegas Golden Knights set such an unrealistic bar for expansion teams. Because like they caught lightning in a bottle. And it's, it's really hard when you're the second expansion team off of that when you have people who are just like, oh, this is how expansion teams work, just to, like assuming that it's going to be so high. But I think the Kraken are setting themselves up to be very successful in the years coming up. It's one of those things where the season's a marathon it's not a race I mean look what happened to Vegas this year they had all sorts of stars that went down with injuries and look at all the teams that are coming up like Buffalo's coming up Ottawa's coming up this is going to be a very interesting season at hand but getting into why the people are here getting into the gaming and Tarkov scene Dottie Hack where did gaming start for you? Uh, so we're going to go a long ways back,
1: and I began playing video games around, you know, five, six, seven years old as a little boy back in Maryland, where I'm originally from, on a Nintendo 64. So we were playing Mario Kart, we were playing Smash Brothers, we were playing GoldenEye, arguably one of the coolest systems to ever, like, have hit the gaming industry, and it was so much fun so me and all the neighborhood guys would get together like on friday nights and we'd all go to town on the nintendo uh and then when the xbox came around like we started playing halo so you know we're pushing 96 97 when i really started and then uh, you know we went to the xbox and then when i got my hands on my first gaming pc in like 2002 2003 like i never looked back after that
0: so when you picked up the gaming pc in 2003 what was your game of choice did you get started with like the counter-strikes do you get started with like modern warfare cods like what was your game back then in 2003 if you can remember i i remember playing half-life
1: that was my like very first game oh the engine Uh, that would become counter-strike Right, right. So I played Half-Life and then I remember playing things like Doom and Duke Nukem and so on and so forth and Battlefield 1942 when that original was oh, such a out, fun game, the Battlefield 1942s. Was, I I still remember like seeing the sun come up when I was like not like 10, 11, 12 years old playing those games on the computer and it was really when Counter Strike came out, like, and I'm talking like 1.3, like before Steam was invented. Like, I, you know, I, that was just, that was such a fun experience that, like, I, I played, I ended up playing Counter Strike for like 15, 20 years and still to this day play it, still to this day love this game. You know, I had created my, my Steam account that I have is of November of 2003, and Steam was created in September. That was so in school at the time so i didn't get a chance OG to make my account, account. Like, right off the bat yeah it's it is i have one of those 18 going on 19 year pins on my steam account like that's that's how long i've been been playing games and and doing this it's been such a fun ride
0: so somebody who's been in the counter strike scene for that long do you have any like crazy prized over skins in your collection do you have like a howl or a dragon lord just sitting
1: there I used to have a couple of knives. I had like a butterfly night knife. I think I had like a marble fade or Doppler fade karambit or something at the time. I I sold off all my skins at one point because like I wasn't playing the game anymore. And like I was moving around and buying a a couple other games here and there and needed to pay a couple bills. So I was like, all right, I'll offload the $1,500 worth of skins I have on my account.
0: Who knew we were uh, buying into the first NFTs? right exactly pins. that's that's
1: essentially what those were like in reality when you think about it those were literally an
0: but they actually do something. They're not just like Bored Ape Yacht Club. It's like, I got a monkey smoking a joint with a pirate patch. It's like, no, dude, I got right. a sick karambit that I can flick around you can while I'm planting a ball. Yeah,
1: you can fling it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so fun getting those cool knives that had like the different animations and stuff, and you
0: could play around with it while
1: you were gaming. I, and that was our was first really-
0: experience in the gambling, too. Like those stupid cases that are a total ripoff, but oh, so addicting. Right.
1: Right, yeah, and it definitely does fall into like a style of gambling in, in a sense. But like, I guess it's it's cool that you can still go out and like buy whatever skin that you want. You know, if you wanted to spend the five bucks, the $10, 15 bucks, you can get it. So, I mean, I I see a lot of games going in that direction nowadays to help like fund their projects and whatnot. But after that experience, I don't know if I'm rolling dice and and spending the money on loot crates and stuff it's like that. Like, I'd rather just get, I'd rather just get the item straight up
0: that dopamine rush exists in tarkov too like when you open a computer you're like gpu 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 <laughs> or like when you like right. go into a place like oh my god there's a Ra- raider in this case oh my god like you know like that that rush is still there only we're not paying you know for a case for like 50 cents or in a key which is two bucks we're just like you know right. we just get to open these cases for free so growing up playing counter-strike and enjoying counter-strike did you watch the professional scene? Did you watch Stubby QTK? Did you watch Shroud? Did you watch those like CSGO greats? And if so, what was your favorite CSGO like major team?
1: Oh absolutely. I I spent I when I was working at Amazon, I would mindlessly sit at my desk and watch like the E-League tournaments, the ESL tournaments, the PGLs, uh, and just watch over and over and over. Because that was what was compelling for me. That was my entertainment was watching like high-end professional level counter-strike right and going back at going back in the day i had a teammate who's now a very famous and well-known uh counter-strike players names uh flom i used oh. to play like one, 1. 1.6 with him uh back in the day and, and a little bit in a, into source when source started coming up um and i would you know he he ended up I, I I went a different path and he ended up sticking with it and he is now just an incredible streamer oh, yeah. and content creator and like a really good Counter Strike player.
0: He's huge uh, in I the NA always... scene. Team Mythic. He right. has the league. He's always in the yep. ESL. Like you know, he's always moving up. Like and he's got a great stream. Like Flom for those of you who don't know, the guy with the purple duck logo. <laughs> yep. in Vegas, mm-hmm. great guy to watch. So, what was it like? playing with uh with flam back in the day was it one of those things where it was just like you guys met naturally or did you meet through friends or how did that happen i think we had some mutual friends that we all ended up
1: like grouping with and playing counter-strike with back in the day but this is like this was probably 15 16 years ago when we were uh yeah like probably 15 16 years old <laughs> at the time and i remember i did get to meet uh Flam one day on tour with my other buddy Matt when we were traveling through Ohio when he still lived out that way, uh, which was really cool. So I got to spend a little time with him then. But um, you know, it's just you just see you just see somebody you know and has such a tremendous amount of success. It's it's really cool to see like what he's been able to do and uh how for how long he's been able to do it and how much fun people have like being around him and stuff. So it's really it's really inspiring like from it. A- content creators perspective to see somebody that you know
0: achieving that type of success oh totally like how could it not be it's one of those things where it's just like oh my god i know that guy i know him (laughs) kind of thing when you see them like getting to those higher echelons of like you know playing in leagues or having you know hitting twitch partner and just those milestones it's so cool seeing the people you meet along the way get to those levels of success so my next question for you, Dottie, is what was your favorite accomplishment as a streamer? Um, I'd have to
1: say getting Twitch Partner was probably the biggest one, the biggest accolade that I'm like super proud of. Uh, because I remember, you know, when I was, you know, busting my butt off at uh, at Amazon and working dead end jobs as bar as a bartender and and this that and a third. Uh. I remember sitting and saying to myself like i want to do what these guys do i i i feel like i'm good enough and entertaining enough to sit on camera play video games and keep people entertained and have right. and bring value to them and so i i had uh worked at it tirelessly day after day after day um i ended up so i ended up quitting counter-strike and then that's when PUBG was kind of cu- coming up and like was a massive uh gaming entertainment revolution in like 2016 2017 played that for a little bit and then shortly after i found tarkov and then that's what started like that's where like i started seeing numerical success on twitch where i started seeing three five ten fifteen twenty twenty five fifty viewers and it just kept it kept climbing um and i'd also i'd also have to say one of the other like really well, I I don't I guess this isn't an accomplishment, but I'm just like really st- I just it's just something that I'm really stoked about as someone who's been in the Twitch uh universe for so long and seeing guys like shroud and summit getting to play alongside somebody like summit at in Tarkov at one point was such a cool experience and I bet. you know never would I have imagined that would have happened and I remember like 2 or 3 years ago everybody was at TwitchCon and I was at home playing Tarkov while everybody was out and he pops in and he's like, "Yo, we should game sometime." Uh and I was like, "Whoa, like this is this is ridiculous." So, uh really has cool been guy. so validating.
0: Like I made it. it. Um uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it was just such a cool experience because like, you know, these all these streamers are just like they're just people like you and I. Oh, absolutely. But, to 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 run into somebody that you've watched for such a long period of time and like and found value in his content and so on and so forth to play alongside somebody like that is really really um it is it is very validating like you said so um because
0: it shows a mutual respect for the craft it's like you know you could be an architect and look up to other architects and if one of them comes up like hey you want to design a building together it's like oh my god like how could you not geek out it's like the same right. concept but in the gaming sphere
1: yeah absolutely yeah. So stuff like that always is really cool. And I've made so many many awesome friends uh, up, down, left, right on Twitch that, like, you know, these are the people that I look to every day and be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, I'm excited to see them online. I'm excited to see these people pop into chat, talk to them, get to know them. Like, that's what it's all about. So I really appreciate those types of things, and especially when people reach out to others in the community and, like, network and interact and socialize. I think that's awesome.
0: So the grind, to get to the point where you're at, is it was it an enjoyable process? Was it an arduous process? And then, what advice would you give to somebody who's in the midst of that grind who might be struggling? Uh, um, I I
1: I'd, I'd say it was it was chock full of anxiety because you're just trying to like the you know where the mark is, you know where that line in the sand is in order to hit to hit that like accomplishment. Like if you right. are pushing for a partner, um, and you get sucked into this mindset gets sucked into this analytical mindset about like where am I at how much more do I have to push what do I got to do and then you look back at your like your your numbers from your streams and you like cross-reference it and compare it and you know you just keep pushing a little bit harder um I guess the biggest thing I would suggest for a lot of people out there is just enjoy the process like don't worry about the numbers the numbers will come and sometimes you don't even get to control the numbers that you see like the amount of people that show up every day you have no idea how many people are going to show up Right. So just just make sure you put make an effort to just remember why you're doing it and, you know, just enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. You know, I've had 90,000 people in my chat and I've had two people in my chat and I, I have to remind myself like where I started, where it's all going and and, uh, you know, find to remember the process and enjoy it. Uh, you know, no matter what ends up being the case. If I'm having an awesome day, if I'm having a down month, you know, why am I doing this? Seeing myself those questions is a really key thing.
0: Totally. So somebody who plays music, someone who's a drummer, have you played live bands like on stage in front of people?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've played... (laughs) <laughs> i've played a sh- I played a show in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in front of two people, one of which was the bartender and I've played you know in front of two thousand people in- on a stage at warp tour like a- same thing you know with with uh streaming and whatnot like I've enjoyed the process i've gotten to tour the country I've gotten to play alongside some really cool bands. Um, I have many friends that are still in the music industry. Uh, I, I myself play drums on stream if I'm not feeling like Tarkov or anything that day. Right. Um, so like, yeah, like I, I'd say music was probably the coolest experience that I've ever had in life because I literally got to go everywhere you could have imagined, especially here in the US. Like there are I have been to probably like 44 to 45 states in total. Like, that's and I that's a lot seen so many yeah it was a lot of traveling and a lot of driving overnight sleeping at truck stops but it was so cool being able to go to the places that i was able to go to because you know some people don't even leave their home state their entire life
0: this is true it's unfortunate but it is true and i remember really stuck in that mindset of like oh it's too expensive to go anywhere so i'm just gonna stay here
1: exactly and i remember my favorite experience out of all of the times that I'd put playing music was the time we had just finished a show in Portland, Oregon, uh, I think. And we were on our way to San Francisco for the show. Like, I think we had a day off and we got there a little early and we go over to Sausalito next to the Golden Gate Bridge and we go down, we, you know, we're checking it out. We did the photos, all that. stuff. when we walked down to the water, this little place called Kirby Cove. Um, So, and I remember, I remember walking up to the ocean and actually stepping into the ocean for the first time and and like it hit me and was like whoa I am literally 3,000 miles away from home right like with, with some of my best friends and we got here playing music how awesome of an experience is that like that that is one of those memories that I will take with me like throughout the rest of my life and it was such an incredible experience that like for those people that are out there traveling and doing music like they, they truly love what they're doing. And it is such an awesome experience to be able to get to do that at some point in your life.
0: Right? No, totally. I, I, I have a very similar experience when I was in Iraq and I was, you know, just turned 30 and oh, I had wow. my feet in the sand. It was like, I'm in the Middle East right now. Holy crap! Ooh, or when I went to Africa, I was in completely different circumstances. I was there with a rifle as opposed to a pair of drumsticks, but still like the holy shit oh, moment of like, I'm here with my friends. This is insane moment was still there. So I can relate to you a little bit on that. So how would you compare playing drums in front of a live studio on i'm in front of a live audience as opposed to streaming for a big group like would you say like the adrenaline the vibe would you say it's somewhat on par or would you say one clearly stands above the other
1: oh it's not even close performing live music is by far a million times better than sitting on stream and and as someone who's been streaming full time for three years you kind of get into this monotonous rut you know especially since i've been playing tarkov for the majority of time um but like you can't match the level of energy and intensity that you get when you connect with an audience live on a stage because it's direct
0: feedback you can see their faces you can hear them talking as opposed to chat where it's like you know just a chat wall (laughs) Exactly. Or I
1: point at the guy who's starting the mosh pit and he's like, I got this, bro, and starts pushing people and they're getting ready to throw down as we're like coming into a breakdown on a song. Like that kind of stuff is just unmatched. And if 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 I could, I would trade all of the streaming stuff in to be a professional musician drummer again. Like, but that's why like as much as I love playing games and stuff, I also have always been of the mindset like i'm not going to be a one trick pony i'm not just going to be like a tarkov dude like if i'm going to want to play music and drums for a day that's what i'm going to do and a lot of people appreciate that and i'm playing a lot of their music that they love and enjoy kill switch engage lamb of god uh some new bands like wage war uh some even some like Slipknot and stuff and like people will come in and enjoy that and appreciate that because i've built a community around me that is not just like like tarkov centric but also like metal and music centric so i they'll come in and be like, i'm going to this show this week and i'm like oh man i wish i could go to that one and then i'll tell them about a show that i'm going to or something like that so that like having that extra layer of re- of uh, relation and connectivity with an audience is awesome but it does not compare to the live studio in of a bunch of people playing live sweating your sweating your balls off and then coming off the stage and somebody being like dude that was awesome i am so glad I'm, i see that your music means so much to me like that type of stuff just it, it's so wholesome and it's so energetic that i don't think like doing stuff live on stream comes even close to that
0: totally so from somebody who plays not only tarkov but also plays music on stream do you watch other music streamers? Like, do you watch certain guitarists or certain vocalists or anybody else in the music scene on Twitch?
1: Yeah, uh, there's a couple other guys I see drumming around every once in a while. There's a guy, Seth Drum. Uh, there's another guitar player by the name of Chainbrain. who's uh, a really cool guitarist. And actually, one of my really good friends, Ryan, who is the guitarist from Motionless and White uh does a lot of guitar stuff and plays tarkov on stream so we'll hang out together and i'll get to play with him every once in a while when he's not not touring and stuff so like it's it's really cool to see a lot of these musicians tapping into this online space because i do think that this type of uh medium is going to be widely consumed you know in the next five 10 years if not now oh, like, absolutely. i mean look like during during the pandemic and whatnot a lot of these bands were doing live performances over the internet because right. they couldn't they couldn't get the audiences to them so they had to bring they had to bring the audiences all to them in an electronic like streaming form which was really cool so seeing these musicians adapt is really really awesome to see and uh, yeah i try to check out as many of them as i can when i get some free time
0: you actually just touched on my next question so with the pandemic you you already touched on that people were you know coming together in different places and having like you know live events on twitch now i was going to ask do you have any events where you have other musicians where you'll play like a set via twitch where you're all in different locations and you're just streaming
1: um i've been trying to collaborate with other people and doing that kind of stuff uh but i haven't gotten to do anything like that yet uh i would like to get to try some of that stuff at some point in the future and i'm actually looking to start trying to write like some sort of like drum album or whatever by myself as well uh, because like i i want to get back into that kind of stuff even if it's it's even if it's not like super serious and like touring the world type of thing but like for me, I think it would be really rewarding and fulfilling to, like, write music again and just release it and then see what happens. Like, I'm not not even charging for it. Like, if someone wants to donate whatever, that, like, more power to them if they want to. But, like, I just wanted to release music as, like, my form of content to other people uh, and just kind of see where that goes and see where it leads.
0: So somebody who is an artist, do you find that you are hypercritical of your own work? Like when you record something and listen back to it or you're editing a video and you're listening to your stuff, do you find that you're overcritical or is that something that doesn't come up as a roadblock in your creation process?
1: Oh, I've, there are, it's funny you say that because there are, I, I put out an album through a company called Outerloop Records when the band that I was in was, you know, trying to take that step forward. There are a couple of songs where, like, I didn't have enough time to finish the drum track. And, like, I had this generic, like, one, two, one, two, one, two type beat that were in it in, in some of the songs that we had. And every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, man, that would have been so much better if I had just fixed and finished this fill at this particular point in time in our recording. And uh, listening back to that, I'm like, oh, I could have made this like 10 times better. So yeah, oftentimes I find myself being a little bit too much of a perfectionist uh, when it comes to creating and writing and stuff. And it's it's a big stopgap for somebody like me. Um, So I have to try and teach myself to like, you know, take it one step at a time and remember that like things aren't going to always be a hundred percent perfect all the time.
0: Oh, absolutely. See, that's something that I feel like people who are brand new into the scene or some people who are like, you know, just getting into editing who haven't had that musical background, who haven't had that artistic background that they're starting to have a hard time with it because, you know, some people are just hypercritical of their own work and you have to find a way to, I'm not get over it, but find a way to like, you know, get, Work around it, (laughs) working around our own mental hangups can sometimes be the hardest thing when it comes to content creation.
1: Absolutely. And I've had the hardest time like trying to find a logo for my channel. I have I haven't actually had like an official logo. Um, And like I had this general idea that I wanted and I've been trying to stick to it. But it's just not working. Every time I talk to an artist about it, like I can't hit the vision of what I was thinking about, right? And that's one of those things that's kind of like prevented me from taking that next step. Um, so I, what I'm going to try is just do something completely different, off the wall, and see if that sticks, and then just take that and run with it. Is it one Versus of those things
0: like, where you see it in your mind's eye? It's just really hard to try to explain to an outside person.
1: Oh, absolutely. And as somebody who is not like artistically creative in design and drawing that makes it very hard for me to like uh communicate that to an artist and a lot of times i have i use the wrong words or i re- use the wrong
0: terminology or or they um, interpret it what, different than you right seeing it because we're all different like you know you could have three people read catcher in the rye one of them's gonna see a spoiled kid the other one's gonna see a hero and the other guy's gonna try to kill john lennon everyone sees things differently when it comes to art and it's it's very frustrating but at the same time it leads to a lot of very cool things like for example pink floyd you had david gilmore and roger Waters' arguments that led to some crazy awesome moments in music
1: Right, absolutely, yeah, and sometimes those feuds or differences can ignite some of the most creativity that you see out of bands and artists and whatnot. Um, I just, I've just always typically had a hard time conveying certain things to uh, artists when it comes to like design and whatnot because I I tend to be very picky in particular, and it usually doesn't bode well because I, you know, I get sidetracked and then a a project never gets finished or a design never gets finished and I just fizz out.
0: Right, so. As an artist, what would you say one of your biggest inspirations is? Whether it be musical, in- like, in- like influence or a streamer influence, like, do you have anything that influences you in the past or on a regular basis, daily?
1: Well, when I was very young, uh, and, I, and I'm not even, I'm, all, I'm only thirty two years old, but like my first, the first CD I got my hands on was Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park.
0: Oh, and what a great first CD!
1: And like, I I remember every word, I know every song, it's it's like, it's like imprinted into my brain now at this point in my life. And um, discovering like music like that at a very young age was often the gateway for me to try and find uh, a way to express myself artistically and musically. Um, Because I tend to have a very emotional connection to music so if a song doesn't make me feel if it doesn't get me like jumping up and down and pumping my pumping my fist and you know uh trying to throw it on mosh pit type that type of thing sometimes i don't always connect with it if i if i don't have that like feel behind it so if it
0: doesn't elicit a reaction
1: right yeah and so i'll have different emotion like certain songs and bands will pull on these emotional strings and that's why i end up really connecting with them like for example, um, Slipknot is also one of like my favorite artists, and if not my favorite band of all time. Um, Which everything is so that they diverse,
0: do... and there's so much percussion,
1: right? And everything that they do from their aesthetics to the lyrics to the riffs to the drums to the to the, the DJ and extra layers of percussive instruments that they use, like it was just, it was just the, in my opinion, it's just an absolute perfect piece of music. All all things considered, top to bottom. From the outfits all the way to the, you know the the harmonies and the and the riffs and all that kind of stuff,
0: and um, no so part of their music of- doesn't feel forced. It always feels like every song is like a labor of love like they actually felt this and they actually made this and it actually spoke to a piece of them whereas you know sometimes you'll see bands that will have their first cd like that and their second one when they get signed it's like well we have to put a cd within this period of time so you'll get a few things that feel kind of rushed no slipknot song really feels like that which is great
1: right yeah and it's and all of their music and material is so raw and i've always found that very captivating so i've tried to Implore that in my own artistic creativity over the years Um, so Those types of those types of artists are are a major influence on somebody like me uh, In in the way that I listen to and write and try to perform music as well
0: Right, so we've touched that the music that speaks the most to you and the art that speaks the most to you is the stuff That elicits a reaction now Would you say when you're putting out content whether it be shorts whether it be clips whether it be an actual stream Are you trying to elicit a reaction with that?
1: Ultimately, yes. Um, And essentially, I just want people to have a good time and and, and essentially vibe with me on stream. Like, no one wants to watch some gamers dude bitch and moan and complain for eight hours a day like that's just why it's the worst wipe ever
0: (laughs) right like i don't
1: i don't find that content to be that appealing and so like i keep i have to try and remind myself especially when i'm having like some really tough days that like i am here to entertain people and people are coming to watch me or whoever they want to watch and they want to kind of get away from the real world so being able to provide that level of energy and entertainment value to people is very important so like i will try to do things that'll make people like pog champ in the chat or laugh or you know just something that they can find relatable whether it be humorous whether it be exciting um or you'll kill like somebody with the
0: last round in your magazine you'll be like oh yeah one tap (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly
1: and you try to like you want you want to make sure that those people are enjoying themselves in the experience there because uh you know they're giving you their time, and that's the most important thing that you, that anyone can give is their time. So. Oh,
0: absolutely, especially because there's literally infinite amount of other streamers out there. So the fact that somebody took the time to click on your stream and stick around, interact. You know, some people just lurk, That's cool. I do. But, you know, just to be a part of the experience when they could go be a part of any other experience is just so cool and so humbling in so many ways, you know. Right. And that's what's so
1: powerful about this. Like, I wouldn't have imagined 10 years ago I would be sitting here for the last three years having been able to successfully stream full time for a living. And that's why I think it's just so important to not only A, maintain being yourself and being honest, but B, doing the things that you really want to do and love and enjoy. And like, it's going to be rough sometimes if you're stepping away from your main game. Like, when I play the drums, I probably get about a third of the average viewers that I normally get. But that's what I want to do. That's what I love, and I appreciate everybody that shows up to to hang out with me while I play drums and shuffle through immense amounts of technical difficulties all the time. Right. But because audio, <laughs> what are you going to do? Trying to get two, trying to get audio between two PCs to sync plus an electronic drum set—it's very difficult, mind you. Oh, I bet. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there, but. Um, You know, some days that's just all I want to do. I want to vibe out. I want to play like maybe some throwback bangers, maybe a new song that I haven't tried yet. Uh, and then people just rock out in the chat and just have a good time. And, you know, they'll tell me that was their favorite song or this song meant something to them when they were a kid or, you know, this, that, and the third. And it just becomes like, it's just, it's just fun. It becomes a relatable
0: experience because music is very set into the human condition. Like every culture has music. So it's very, you know, it, it hits that inner part of a person like certain songs can bring them back to a great moment of their like past or childhood memory it's like music has like a magical ability to do that so the fact that you're sharing those experiences with people even though they're not physically there is still i'm imagining very rewarding in a way absolutely yeah and there there are just days where like
1: i just don't want to play tarkov and i don't want to force it and i don't want to like I don't want to be a grumpy Gilmore on stream all day. So I'll just play drums for with some people for a few hours. And like, sometimes I'm you got to so tell Jaeger to
0: go fuck himself, you know, like you go exactly. break your legs and get two PMC headshots. I'm playing yeah, the drums some today. Of these,
1: some of these quests are absolutely fucking bullshit, you know, like oh, my absolutely.
0: God. Like some so. of them are just like, bro, I'm not your Uber eats. Okay. You go find your own croutons.
1: Right. I'm not doing it. Exactly. So for me, it's just important to be able to have something like that as an option something that's so fulfilling to me and have people still show up and hang out and enjoy it cuz like I don't want to sell out and just play tarkov for the viewers like I'm going to want to do what I want to do and exactly. you know if, if 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 that means some people don't show up and hang out that's you know that's fine I'm I'm still doing something that I love and enjoy wholeheartedly exactly. so at least I can say with 100% honesty like this is something I love and this is what I want to do and people still enjoy and, pre- and people still enjoy and appreciate that which is fucking awesome
0: how scary was it to make the leap into making content full time as your mainstay occupation?
1: Um, I was terrified, and I did very prematurely, and I don't recommend anyone doing it unless the amount of income that they can benefit from that is almost three times their normal output. Because I've had some very, I've had some very sketchy months. I've had some very low curious moments where like, you know, I didn't know how I was going to meet X, Y, and Z threshold, but then like turn full circle. And then like, I have a month in June or January where like drops happens. And then like, there's 12,000 people in chat. It's just, it's nuts. Um, but I remember calling up, or I didn't even call. I emailed the job that I had at the time, which was Red Robin. I was serving and bartending at the time. Yum. And I, yum. Yeah,
0: exactly. More like yuck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I bet every time um, you put on that uniform, you just looked at yourself in the mirror, like, we're doing this shit again. I, uh, I, I
1: sighed every day in the mirror before I left for work. And don't get me wrong, like, it was a good paying job. Like, yeah, I was it's an honest money. living.
0: I, it's just not what you mm-hmm. would choose to do if you could do anything. It,
1: it did not bring anything positive or beneficial to my life and having to deal with all these carers little children and cleaning up their mac and cheese that they spill on the floor over and over eventually got me to the point where i said fuck all this i don't want to do it anymore right so no totally
0: one morning
1: one morning i wrote an email to my boss uh at the time and i said hey uh i'm not coming into work today this is my resignation effective immediately i found other i found another opportunity for employment and that was I didn't say this on the email that I sent, but that was Twitch. I basically said, fuck this shit, I'm out. And I just started streaming on Twitch and I just started dedicating more time to that. At right. first it wasn't working. It 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 wasn't uh it wasn't. What meeting I the ends
0: goal of a right. financial yeah. economic like goal, you know, rent right. bills, so all
1: that. In that in that in that instance, it was a mistake. What I did was a mistake and I shouldn't have done it. But like I couldn't bear, I couldn't bear going into work anymore, being miserable and having to just deal with everyone else's bullshit and stupidity. So I just stopped. And then comes TwitchCon 2019. So I quit, I quit my job like June, June 2019. Then TwitchCon comes around September, October. That's when I ran into summit and then that's when i started gaming with him and boom viewership went up way up and then drops was that winter i believe that winter or that spring or whatever it was january 2020 and then it just it was just all hands on deck like full throttle streams all day all day every day for like the next year and a half right Right. and it was it was just an unbelievable insane ride and experience and then after that it started kind of slowing down again and uh things kind of settled and went back into place um so um yeah like I I remember making that decision and I was not ready to do it I just I knew in my soul that I couldn't continue going into a job right. that like served no purpose and was just wasting my time
0: so for your own mental health you took a leap of faith so to speak
1: exactly yep A 100%
0: it's one of those things where it must have been incredibly scary to do, especially as an adult with bills and obligations to just, you know, take a steady income and say, you know what, I'm going to try it on my own. I'm going to try to become pretty much an independent contractor. And if it doesn't work, at least I know I tried.
1: Right. And here I am, you know, three years later, still still making it work. I can't say it's without its difficulties. You know, it's it's been an up and down ride. It's been a very wild experience. Right. but you know i'm way better off now doing this than ever, than I ever was working for any company that I have ever worked for in my entire life. Well,
0: every occupation really has those highs and lows, especially when you're an independent contractor. Like, let's say you own a restaurant, you know, huge failure rate, a pandemic, right. like all sorts of crazy curveballs. Let's say you're a construction guy and it's like constantly raining. Like, sometimes you see in Tarkov and nobody wants to get their house painted, or, you know, there's always exactly. those curveballs. But sometimes, you just have to you have to go down the route that's going to make you happy because at that red robin job if you were still there i'm sure you could only imagine like maybe you'd get promoted but still you'd probably still be upset you'd probably still not be where you'd want to be
1: i'd be arms i'd be arms swiping like the bar line in the in the kitchen just throwing food all over the place like i would have been so miserable if i would still had to do that like oh my goodness so with it the was, low- it was rough.
0: The low lows of the grind when you when you stepped out and you're like, I'm my own guy now. Fuck it. I'm going out on my own. How would you say your mental and your happiness was if you could rate that on a scale of one to ten when things were their best, when things were going amazing, right? When wipe and drops and all that, like, how would you say that high was on a scale of one to ten?
1: I mean, it's it's easily a 12 like you can't. It is unfathomable to think that you are living your life and playing a game for a living and entertaining people and benefiting from it, like, especially monetarily. Like, that's just insane. Especially to think about come 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, like, gaming was thought of as like a waste of time and like of zero importance or significance. Here we are now, 15 years later in 2022, with gaming, the gaming industry being one of the leading industries in the world like it is just oh it's huge unfathomable to think of where gaming has become now um so like when you're riding those highs it's it's uh, it's unimaginable how far you can actually take things uh and it's so cool to see things go especially with all my other friends like in the tarkov community getting success and you know being able to afford their lifestyle and do the things that they want to do that makes them happy like it's really cool to see All that stuff like success all around is a really, really
0: awesome thing. So you said a 12. So on the flip side of the coin, when things were their lowest, would you say you were at a negative two?
1: Probably. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, I didn't recognize how much of a struggle some of that, some of the uh, Twitch stuff actually is until I started, you know, I started seeing a therapist and talking to somebody about it and, uh, you know, sharing my experiences Um, because like the, I started taking the, the numbers very personal, like right when people weren't showing up, when sub counts were falling down and I was just like, what am I doing wrong? And if it started to feel like a failure project and I was like, oh, well, I can't, I can't keep climbing. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly now declining and losing followers and losing viewership and all this, that, and the third. So like on the flip side, it can snowball pretty quickly just as fast going up as it does going down
0: oh 100%. Uh, and you, have to be,
1: you have to be really careful and you have to be a very strong resilient individual to be able to like withstand some of that stuff because um like somebody like me who i'd you know i'd struggle with a lot of insecurities at times like i'll latch on to that stuff and it becomes the proof it becomes the uh the the cognitive dissonance that like I've been telling myself that I'm failing, and this is this is why, and the evidence is right in front of me. So you have to be very careful not to fall into that trap um, because it can be very damaging to your mental health. but at
0: least you were strong enough to go out and seek a therapist because like during our childhood, our generation, therapy was very taboo. There was a lot of things growing up. Things that were taboo that are not considered taboo nowadays. Like it's it's weird to look back on the things that we grew up with. Like I remember growing up when the word gay was like you know used in a negative connotation. And when somebody was going to therapy, he'd be like, "Oh, that guy's like seeing a shrink." Like you know, there's the weirdest things. So to overcome those weird childhood like walls that were put up for us growing up. For you to look past that and to actually seek somebody who's like a non-biased party to like be a sound wall for the things that you're going through and the things that you're experiencing because like, what say you went to like a family member who didn't like believe streaming was viable, they could have totally been like, yeah, you should quit, you know? They could have totally have led you down a completely different path. So kudos for you for finding and like, you know, reaching out, making yourself vulnerable to a third party that's completely unbiased because I know a lot of people in our generation – wouldn't have done that just because of the connotations that we grew up with
1: right yeah and i encourage anybody that's going through a difficult time or needs to figure things out to talk to therapists uh it was it was really helpful and the biggest thing was having like a level of introspection to ask myself questions that were really difficult like ask myself why am i feeling this way why am i getting angry at this and then diving into that and figuring it out and coming up with uh the uh the solution to that answer to to that question that problem uh because once you find those types of answers then you give yourself the power to succeed and overcome those types of mental challenges that are faced in front of you when you do have those emotional reactions to some things so um right. yeah like i i was I I was forced to go to counseling when I was younger because I had ADHD and a whole slew of problems and it was a really rough childhood at that from from that perspective for me um and I didn't really appreciate it at the time but then I was you know with the help of a friend I went to therapy uh in the midst of like this Twitch this Twitch deal um when I was struggling with some of the low points uh it really did help me like kind of ground myself uh in in knowing that you know, I'm doing the right thing. The, my, my mind is working against me with with some of the things and uh, the numerical values that I'm looking at aren't actually like telling the real truth. My right. brain thinks that it's telling the real truth and I'm in, I'm, you know, reassuring that with insecurity. But that's that's all fake. That's 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 me playing against myself and not working uh, to, to, you know, to have a healthy
0: mindset and a healthy frame of mind. Sometimes our brains can be our worst enemies. Sometimes they can set us up against each other and ourselves. See, It's crazy because, like, from somebody outside looking in, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, that guy's on stage playing the drums, or that guy's, like, super social on Twitch, or that girl is very, like, vocal and funny at a party. Like, sometimes people see those and they're like, oh, that person has no insecurity. But everybody does. Like, it's a very human thing that we all deal with just because somebody might manage it better or hide it better doesn't mean that they're not going through the same hardships or the same insecurities or the same stupid voice in your head telling you you can't do something as one who's afraid to go live is experiencing it's one of those things where everybody has it and to think somebody doesn't is crazy and you could look at you could look at the most beautiful
1: architectural building you've ever seen in your life right think of the most pristine immaculate structure that you've ever seen that inside could be a hollow shell could be nothing it could be falling apart it could be you know wood rot like it could it could just right. be an absolute mess but you're Black not know until you, like right exactly you won't know that until you actually like, go into that building or talk to that person and get to know like their level of understanding and experience so um yeah you, you gotta uh, can't take everything for face value
0: absolutely so somebody who interacts with chat the way you do, and somebody who's been to a TwitchCon, have you met any of your viewers in real life? Hello, Commander. The code word is NOX. N-O-X. Send this to pod.castlecoms at gmail.com and hopefully you win Now back to the episode
1: oh absolutely i've met many of people that watch my channel i've met people that i also stream alongside that i've never met in person before like it's just it's a really cool experience getting to put the names to faces or getting put getting to put faces to the names of people that you see day in and day out oh i bet I bet that's probably
0: one of those things like, you're that guy, you're my moderator, what's up? Like one of those things right, where it's exactly. just like, it's like when people find out, like, in a way, a streamer, think of them as like, you know, a superhero, they're like Batman, like, they know they're Batman, but nobody else knows they're Batman. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get to pull that back, you're like, oh, you're Batman, I'm Batman, what the fuck? <laughs> Right,
1: <laughs> it's really cool seeing seeing everybody, and like I'll I'll treat everybody with the same respect, whether they're you know like the top streamer on Twitch or if they're somebody who's just been in my stream for the first time. Like it doesn't matter who you are, like I, you're always going to get that same level of respect from from me, and I appreciate everybody uh, that I've come across, you know, top to bottom, whether it's somebody from a professional relationship like with a brand or if it's another streamer I'm working alongside or if it's one of my viewers like I'm I'm going to treat them all the same and I'll buy them all a beer just the same you know
0: yeah well every positive and negative experiences makes us who we are along the way so you know like those people who come in and say negative things That might have pushed you to be better in some ways, maybe subconsciously. So no matter what happens, whether it be positive or negative interaction, it impacts you in a way that defines who you are later down the road. So in a way, it's cool to see somebody who's made it to those higher echelons of the journey and being like, yeah, it's totally, you know, this is where I'm at and this is why. Right, absolutely. So when it comes to Tarkov, the game that you made your bones in. Being a guy who's played multiple wipes, where would you say this current wipe lays for you? Would you say this is the best wipe? Worst wipe? Somewhere in the middle? Where does this wipe stack up?
1: Um, I I feel like with the last three three or so wipes, they've progressively gotten a little bit better. Like we haven't had as many server issues, crashes, um, issues right off the bat uh, with as many hot fixes ne- necessary. Like I remember when Reserve came out. Uh, like the first few days you weren't getting into a match for like 30 minutes. Like right. it, you just you just weren't. It was it was uh, not gonna happen. Um so I feel like they've been getting like Battlestate's been getting better at their technical launch and deployment of patches. But there's been there's a cool amount of content that's with this patch, but outside of like the cool move the moving animations and like the IR and the NVG changes, like I feel like this was just kind of another reset that's like, meh, all right, cool. The gameplay loops the same. So what really is different at its core? I will say, I think the coolest feature of all out of this patch is that co-op mode because i do think that's going to allow people to set up a lot of custom games where they can play with their friends and their communities, and subsequently i think that's going to create a lot more like tarkov visual short clips and oh, yeah. you're going to see like a lot of like cool new like uh, cinematic effects that people are probably going to try on youtube as well so i think that was a really cool addition to the game
0: like LV, he just put out a video like Squid Game, where he got on the fifty caliber on customs, and he had he's like green light, and he had all the people running when he said red. If they stopped running, you'd shoot him with the fifty. Or right. you know, he had a big knife fight in front of Big Red. Like this is just a gift to content creators. The co-op mode, kind of like Voip was during the last wipe and last iteration. So, with all the things that are currently in the game, as a content creator. What is your favorite things to utilize when you're making shorts or you're making content?
1: Um, when it's in the game. I just try to find something that like I know would uh, get people's get people's attention or get them to like engage with the content that I put out. So uh, you know whether it's something funny, whether it's something pog, I kind of just you know will find something uh, to capitalize on. I really did like the VoIP addition to the game. I think that was awesome. I am looking at starting to do some of my own co-op stuff with the community and whatnot. So I'll probably do in some stuff like Ash does. And it's funny that you mentioned him because he actually used to play in the band that I was in. We were in the band together. It's such he a small a world. In the yeah, in the band that I play. I love the I love the type of content that he does. He works his ass off. Like he's he's really good at making that kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, when when it comes to making content, I try to I try to grab something that's really cool to watch, but also is a little bit funny at, at the same time too. You know, a little bit of both. Something Speaking that of will...
0: funny. I love your clip that you put out with the silent shotgun on customs, where you take out those two dudes, and then there's this guy just looting like he just thought you weren't gonna see him, and you yeah. put in that one like <laughs> <laughs> it was at that moment. Little clip. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: I was actually just working on that clip before uh, before uh, I jumped on this uh, interview with you. And uh, I remember I was like, I need to put something here because this is this is just so funny. I, I didn't even like as I walked by that guy, I didn't even realize he was there. And I was like, oh, man, that's gonna make it so much funnier when I add in that edit. to so- put this on a clip.
0: Was that something that you were streaming and then you just went by and clipped it? Or is it one of those things that happened off stream and you just record all your raids off stream yeah. and then you like write down the time when something happens and you go back to the bulk video?
1: That was, uh, that was just a clip live from stream. And that's usually where a lot of the content that I have comes from. Um, there's a couple of different ways that I'll go back and get different types of footage depending on what it is. Um, so sometimes I'll have to go back and make a Twitch clip and download that. Or other times I'll run like a replay buffer off of OBS. It's kind of similar to Shadow Play if you're familiar with that. Um, Higley, yes. Where I can, basically, I can basically hit a hotkey and it saves like the last X minutes that I have set in value on uh, OBS. Sometimes I'll save like a full raid and it'll be 30 minutes. Sometimes it'll just be like a five minute firefight. or Sometimes it'll be like a 10 minute like me walking around doing something on a raid. So there are multiple ways that I'll go and gather um, content that I'll use to clip down in DaVinci and then throw up on TikTok or YouTube or Twitch or Twitter or whatever. So I have multiple ways that I I gather a lot of that content.
0: So being somebody who's more seasoned in the field, it's probably a much quicker process of putting these things together and pushing them out than when you first started. So how much time would you say it takes for you to edit down this, like that one clip and get it out to the public as opposed to when you were brand new starting out?
1: Um, well, at first I was really like uneducated when it came to video editing. So like I just wouldn't do it at all. And then I had a friend teach me uh, a couple of things and I, I learned like the very basic stuff, like how to change like the resolution and move the video around and scale it and this, that and a third. Um, so like if I'm taking like that clip, for example, that shotgun clip, that probably took me about 20 to 30 minutes to edit down clip do the zooms get the other additional um get the other additional audio that i needed things like that and line it up all properly right. um and then you know it would take another 10 15 minutes to post it up on tiktok or youtube shorts or whatever tag it uh, all that kind of stuff so like and if i'm doing like a full youtube video if that youtube video is like 10 15 minutes long it's probably going to take me 2 2 hours or so to clip it down same thing make a thumbnail for it uh, edit that in Photoshop, then tag it, uh, try to upload it and get it out. Like it, it's time consuming. So right, uh, give or take, if I'm streaming from 2 to 10 p.m., I'll probably up from – I'll be on my computer from 10 to about 2 a.m. getting all the footage, downloading it, clipping it, snipping it, sizing it, tagging it, posting it. So it's, it's, it is very time consuming because I do all that stuff myself. I don't have like an editor or anybody. Same, same with Ash. Now Ash does all of his own content too. So it's, it's time consuming.
0: And would you say that that knowledge of learning how to do all this stuff came from proper networking within the community? Like somebody reached out to you who knows how to do this, or you reached out to them through proper channels.
1: Uh, a, a little bit of that, a little bit of asking people here here and there, like, hey, how'd you do this? Or, oh, I like that. Or, like, I'd love to learn how you do that. Um, and then half the time, it's just like Google searching, like, hey, how do I extend a freeze frame on uh, DaVinci? And then it'll tell you, and you're like, oh, okay, it's just these two clicks, and then boom, you got that. And then that's another tool that you can learn or add into your arsenal uh, for video editing and stuff.
0: Do you remember how daunting that used to be when you were brand new into this, when you were making these clips, do you remember how high that mountain used to look or is it one of those things where it's like kind of in the rear view?
1: Oh yeah. I remember like the only thing I would want to do is just download the clip and post it. And then I'd start seeing all these other people like with cool edits and like flicks and text and the video flipping around and all that kind of stuff. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And then someone uh, told me about DaVinci Resolve. I think it was one peg. And I started like um, dabbling in that a little bit. And I was like, oh, OK, this has all the different tools and features that I need. OK, and now then I just went through and learned how to do uh, individual processes one by one and started applying that to clips and then like then the creativity is flashing. And so I get that clip and I'm like, OK, I'm going to add this and we're going to put this in here and then I'm going to ch- sub this out for this audio. And and like and then you just turn it into something that's funny so- and relatable. and Then you just let it go.
0: When it starts snowballing that, when you're like, I can add this and I can do this and I could do that. Do you find that you have those same kind of snowball moments when you're creating music?
1: Uh, yeah, sometimes I'll have like this. Sometimes when I'm in like the writing process for music, I'll hit like a groove or a fill and I'm like, this is awesome and I want to keep that going. Right. And then, like, it turns into, like, the coolest sequence of whatever song that I'm writing or, or participating in.
0: I asked um, because so it like- kind of initiates the same part of your brain as, like, an artistic-sided brain person. So I was curious if that would kind of enact certain parts of your thought process similarly.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think it. I think it's the same part of your brain that I, I don't know scientifically if it is. But um, it, it, it certainly feels that way. Like, when I have an idea for a TikTok video, I'm like – It's 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 rolling. It's in my head. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I'm gonna throw it down. And same thing with music. When I like, I'm getting ready to do like a drum fill, or write, put something there. I can visualize it in my head, and then I can jot it down on like a MIDI program or whatever that I'm writing in, and then just knock it out. And then it's just like, yes, that's super sick. And then the guitar goes over top of it, and you're just like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's basically the same thing.
0: I love it. <laughs> Just love hearing people nerd out about their craft. It's the fucking best. So changing gears a little bit. If you could hang out for one day with any scab boss on Tarkov, who would it be? And on the other side of the coin, if you could throw any scab boss off a bridge, who would it be?
1: Oh, right now I have I have a serious bitch fit with Tagilla. I hate that guy so much right now. Did he hit you in the sledge I've... one too many times? <laughs> Oh, I have been getting bodied, swiped by hit, and like every time I see him, I don't have a chance to shoot him before he's closed the gap. So like mm-hmm. he'll be on, like one side of a hallway, and then I like I like I run into him, and next thing you know, he's like pushing me into a closet and like shoving his sledgehammer down my throat, and I'm like, fuck, I can't, I can't, no, I can't manage to get him in like the right scenario. So he's definitely the guy I would throw off a bridge. If there was a scav boss that I would definitely sit down and throw down with, um. Ah, uh, it'd probably have to be his brother killa i'd probably take killa to a metal concert gar- grab a couple beers and throw down you know nice nice i, I like he how you has, went both sides me that of that hard you're like your brother sucks right. killa but you're cool yeah <laughs> killa hasn't bullied me that hard this way the the wipe before though i had six times where i went face to face with killa and i couldn't i couldn't drop him and he would just like triple tap me in the chest with uh oh, that, a that rpk liquor. Yeah, it's like he just wouldn't miss. And I was just like, oh, well, so, yeah, I'd definitely take Killa to a metal concert and buy him a beer. Although I would I do think hanging out with Sturman would be kind of cool. He like chilling out in the woods. Oh, he's got the you
0: know, drip. I don't and... know if he'd want to go to a metal show, though. He probably wouldn't want to get any beer right. on his like, you know, his jacket. Right. Yeah, he definitely likes Garth Brooks. And uh, imagine you know, taking him to a just... war show <laughs> Blood <Yeah>. everywhere. <laughs>
1: I hope they add a quest in Tarkov to get his parka jacket, because that thing is cool. It is pretty sick. That's, that's one of the most unique pieces of clothing, I think, of the game, and I know people would love that. So
0: so on the other side of the coin, if you could hang out with any trader, who would it be? And if you could murder one of the traders horribly, why would it be Jaeger? Oh, uh yeah.
1: I th- <laughs> yeah, everyone, I don't think everyone's murdering Jaeger for I've sure. I've only had 100%. one person say mechanic over Jaeger. Really? I feel like mechanic would be like the sophisticated intellectual type that likes Sean Connery.
0: And um, he's really in his uh, own head. He's all spacey um, and boys. philosophical. I'd imagine he would just drink scotch and like talk about random stuff.
1: Right, he definitely likes Tom Clancy Tom Clancy books for sure. That's 100%. for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll kill we'll kill Jaeger and I guess the one the one trade I'd probably hang out with this Peacekeeper, just because like English he seems to have a lot of cool shit. Yeah, English. Although Prapper is probably like. A really fun guy to like drink with, you know what I mean? Like, Pepper he gives off a- creepy
0: uncle vibes. Like, you know, that picture where he's just like his like traitor picture. I just picture him at the cross, look like Thanksgiving table, like with the exact same <laughs> pose and facial
1: expression. <laughs> he's definitely the guy you want to go with, uh, have as your drinking buddy, though. He
0: definitely has some oh, yeah. stories to tell. That's I could sure. only imagine. Yeah. So, <laughs> is there any particular task this wipe that's giving you grief? compared to other wipes or is it one of those ones where it's just a consistent like i hate this task every time you see it um
1: well i've always hated silent caliber and setup those are the two tasks i hate the most because i never liked shotguns in this game um but i actually got through that with relative ease uh and the new uh benelli the benelli m3 oh i am having so much fun with that shotgun it is it is like I am two tapping or one tapping people with flechette rounds and it is like pure satisfaction.
0: Would you say the Benelli shots. has converted you to a shotgun fan?
1: I would definitely be more prone to running the shotgun now with the Benelli. Absolutely, especially since nice. it has semi and pump uh action in it. So it's 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 a lot more it has a lot more DPS potential in this game, which I think is a very powerful element of this game. Um so I, I I it has some very strong uses cuz I hate getting killed by shotguns cuz it's like shot shot and you just fall over and you're like I got hit in the leg like what that's stupid cuz you can't I mean like you can't counter leg meta like it's right. it works because it works like um It's the great equalizer. Exactly. It, it keeps those chads in check. No matter you know? how Once armored you, your...
0: you are, nobody likes yeah. getting shot in the kneecap or the dick.
1: Right. So like, and then like, one peg always whips out the KS twenty three, and will just like make Chad's knees buckle on reserve and whatnot. So you have to know you have to like slow your roll if you're around a shotgun because they they can do some serious damage, wristy or slick or not. Like they'll still oh. mess you up. Those scabs with shotguns, <laughs> they're on one. They're, they're cracked. cracked them this year, I have I have more trouble with AI than players. This wipe, like. Straight up, I think, like, 60, 70, 60 to 70% of all my deaths are from, like, random AI or the bosses. Like, it's it's just
0: absolutely wild. I was going to say, your first 100 raids this year, you, you had an 85 percentage survival rate. I, I was actually going to ask, like, out of those 15 deaths, would you say the majority of those were AI? yeah i think about
1: half of those were dying to like rishala or Tagilla or yeah, so, or like a random cracked out sks scav on woods which are terrifying right. so that's usually where those ai deaths come from and typically like the survival rate's great and all. I do play in like usually like a group of two or three, uh, which I which helps everyone's survival rate increase if you're playing with multiple people. So I do encourage people to play uh, in groups. If I were playing solo, though, I'd probably barely have a fifty percent survival rate, though for sure.
0: Absolutely. So with all the streamer items that have been introduced into the game, what is your favorite one? Ooh, my favorite hard streamer question. item. There's so
1: many now. Not going to lie, I really like John B's, like, gla- the visor glasses. Those are so... Oh, those
0: cool. are awesome. They give off such any, hero
1: vibes. I love it. Yes. Anytime I see that, I'm like, I'm going to cosplay as Daft Punk and run around the uh, customs and just go crazy, you know, just do something nuts.
0: Didn't he put <laughs> out a song, like, about Lightkeeper recently?
1: <laughs> I think so, yeah. I
0: think I saw Battlestate retweeted that or something. Oh, so <laughs> That's so awesome. So Hell yeah. With the current iteration of the game, is there anything that you would like to see added, subtracted, modified? Like, what is your take on the current state of affairs? Um, this Tark like Tarkov has been the
1: same game for the past two, two or three years now, and it hasn't changed. There really have not been a whole lot of different mechanics that have been added. Yeah, there was the heavy bleed and the light bleed, which is cool. Uh, but there really aren't a lot of new like mainstay mechanics that have changed. Um, and the 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 progression cycle feels the same. And I always get discouraged towards the latter parts of uh Tarkov wipes because we just go back into the same meta that we did the wipe before, M62, uh 762 BP, mutants, whatever, yada yada yada, it's all the same. Right. Until until Battlestate changes that economy and and changes like mainly the trader and the availability of ammo, that's uh that can be just straight up bought from the trader. I think we're going to be in the same situation every wipe where people fizzle out after three months, the PvP is just not worth it, so on and so forth. I would really like to see Battlestate changed tarkov to a point where like most of those high-end ap rounds are hard to get most of those high-level armors those five and six armors are hard to get like you're primarily getting those off of bosses if you kill them or
0: something like that you know right um so a more because, scarcity like, of those items like right now they, right. They, they did modify the flea market so you can't buy or sell certain items like that so that there has been something towards that but you, you would like to see that be more aggressive
1: i'd like to yes i'd like to see that extended because i think that was a great change i think it's great that players can't just buy 995 and m61 and and just go to town like i think that diluted the game in in an insane amount and what what makes tarkov the best experience of most shooters is its diversity is the fact that you don't know like what you're running into each raid you don't know if this guy's gonna have the armor piercing rounds that are gonna you know, take down your gazelle armor or, or what, you know, or the scab with the the AP or the buckshot, you know, taking out your leg. So once Tarkov always gets to a point late in the light where like people are established in metas and like, that's all you're seeing. Great. That's when I think the Tarkov experience goes down. Now, there's so the many
0: guns. Hand, there's like maybe hundreds of guns in the game and to see it just whittle down to like, you know, five at the very end game. Yeah. That does kind of dilute the experience You're Right.
1: Right. So I do think that with the uh, anticipation of Arena coming soon, a lot of those players that are
0: PvP-oriented are probably going to move over to that, uh, which is awesome. So that brings Uh, me to my next question. Somebody who grew up as a CSGO person, how would you like to see Arena be like a CSGO meets Tarkov. Be it like, hey, you guys are the team that has to go here and fix this terminal, kind of like defusing the bomb. And like, you know, there's certain weapons that you can pick, like they give you an allotment, just like, you know, in CSGO before the round, you have X amount of dollars where you can spend money and just have the MLB like something universal across the board so people can't like, you know, buy PP or buy something crazy. Like, would you be a fan of seeing that arena mode be like a CSGO meets Tarkov?
1: Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Kind of like a uh, search and destroy too from Call of Duty. Uh right. I have no idea how they plan on doing that though because you know, people's kits are going to be so diverse in arena. I I had the slightest idea of how they're going to attempt to even the playing field with that. They would have um, to
0: limit it to be like, "Oh, you can have if you want an AK variant, you can have this AK variant." You like they'd have to limit it to some way, kind of like CS:GO, hey, you have like the buy wheel. They probably have to do something similar to that. But my question right. on hypotheticals would be for somebody who's getting new to the game who wants to practice PVP how would you feel if instead of playing other players if somebody could choose to go AI and then battle a team of a boss and guards or all bosses with their team of their friends
1: uh, like in regular escape from Tarkov like the Oh no like
0: in like the, the arena regular... mode like you know you choose oh, arena oh. you could choose to go PVP or you could choose to go AI and the AI will either be All the scab, like, you know, five scab bosses or one scab boss and four guards, you know, you you ramp up the difficulty, you get to pick your difficulty for the AI, it'd be like off raid, like on offline, like raid, like co-op mode, but in arena with challenging scabs and scab bosses or rogue bosses.
1: I do think that would be a good idea for a lot of players, especially the players that aren't like so kin to uh, to pvping or pveing against bosses. Like, it'll definitely increase those players' skills and bring them, and that would translate into the actual Escape from Tarkov game, making them more effective and more lethal. Which I think would be a cool idea. It would be it'd be fun to see something like that in uh, in Tarkov because man, some of those boss fights are really really hard, and there's just like sometimes there's just no winning. There's just
0: no win in some You're of those. They're challenging, but when you when you defeat them, it's a, it's a high. It's a great feeling. And I know so yeah. many people who are new who don't even attempt it because like, oh, I can't take him. I was like, what do you mean you can't take him? You got to shut. You could try. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's so, always a
1: there's always a scenario you could you know sneak around them or you know get get them while they're off guard or moving or something like that. So it's not impossible. It's just it's just how to get them to move around and play into the situation that makes you most effective.
0: You touched on late game how certain weapons become the meta and that's what everybody runs. The same can be said with the melee weapons. So would you be a fan of an idea where melee weapons become more of a mainstay for extracts? Be like, you know how the Red Rebel you can extract on reserve? How about the crowbar? You can open up a door on factory. Or the shovel you could dig under a fence and make a backpackless, like, extract. Would you be a fan of seeing more melee weapons utilized to that extent? So you don't just see taigas and Red Rebels
1: yeah i think that's a cool idea especially on maps like interchange and whatnot where like extract camping is so prevalent like you need to give players other ways and resources and abilities to like get out of some of these maps um and that that'd probably be a cool way to do it like creating new extracts with different melee weapons that you need in order to like find them effective um to to successfully
0: extract from some of those maps that'd be kind of cool um, and the animation's like how cool would that be like oh he's digging i hear him digging <laughs> and it just shows your person like you know it's <laughs> shoveling for 30 seconds i mean come on if my guy takes 30 seconds to hide blue powder in a factory room why why not dig you know why right, not make exactly. it a little bit something like oh, that
1: but every time i have those place quests i am sweating buckets when my head's down it is oh it's so nerve-wracking that's when running <laughs> with two or three becomes a godsend like please watch that door <laughs> yeah exactly you have to have them cover you while you're like literally incapacitated for two minutes. (laughs) Yeah, it's like,
0: dude, I'm face down ass up trying to place this thing. Please help me, God. Yeah. (laughs) So when it comes to the hideout, now I, I have an idea of how cool would it be if you could branch the hideout by picking what you build? Because right now it's very linear. Like it's like, oh, I have to build workshop and I have to build this, this and that. How cool would it be if you could choose to build something like Oh, I could build an ammo station where I could build ammos, or I could build an armor station instead where I could build armors. Like, would you be a fan of seeing the hideout branch off where players could pretty much choose their own adventure and choose what their crafting cap- capabilities are?
1: Hmm. I think you'd have to make sure that it stays limited in some capacity right. because you wouldn't want to give the player the ability to create and craft like all of the best stuff in the game, all the best right. ammo, armor, because that would just put them in so much fit, more favor of, like, other players. So I think that the system that they have now is all right. There there does need to be some shuffling of some of the crafts in some of the hideouts. Like, I'm here we are, what, two or three weeks in the life, and I still haven't found my last graphics card for... Uh, for mechanic. Uh, mechanic. Yeah, so I'm, like, hard stuck on that, and I'm trying to do other tasks to get the XP that I need. But, like, there's, like, I think... You have to have intelligence level three in order to create, craft a graphics card. Something and like, like graph, graphics cards aren't really that valuable either because the Bitcoin price is so low. So like you can't even offset the Bitcoin price with fuel. So like I don't think it's that much of a, uh, a hardship if you move that craft to like lavatory two or three or something. But like Intel three and locking it behind so much other stuff makes it very expensive to get to. So like for me somebody who values a lot of rubles early on in the wipe. Like I don't upgrade my hideout unless I absolutely have to, but there's no way I'm going to sink 4 million rubles into getting Intel 3. Like there's okay. just, that's just not, just not worth it.
0: Mechanic's I'll just find a card dude. actually. You just brought him a whole box of graphics cards out of the Tarkov director's office. It's like, well, how many more of these fucking things do you need, Mechanic? <laughs>
1: yeah, now he wants more. He's definitely farming and mining Bitcoin back there. Whatever oh. he's doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> something i don't i don't want to know what he's doing <laughs> back there so when it comes to the airdrops what, how, would you be a fan of when an item drops you know how you see like the one parachute would you be a fan of seeing four parachutes and one of those parachutes actually being the airdrop and the other three being the three rogue bosses hmm. oh wait like like you see four parachutes come down employment? exactly you see four parachutes come down and you can't tell which one's the airdrop and which one's a rogue boss so you, you just gotta you know run up to yeah. them hoping you find what you're looking for but you know you could be running into night or you could be running into interesting. big interesting i think
1: i i like the idea of not knowing whether the rogue bosses are going to be there like me and my buddy uh ultimate ran into the goons on the shoreline at the weather station we forged like big pipe and night charged us and we killed both of them. But then when we tried to lap around to get a flank bird, Eye shot us both, both in the back. Well, he shot me in the back he killed me. I didn't even see him. And my other buddy was like, all right, screw this. I I'm just going to go, Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't see man. this guy. I'm not going to beat him. He is very hard to kill. Um, so he, he ended up walking away from that one. But I kind of like not knowing if they're going to be on the map or not and kind of finding out as a surprise.
0: So would you be a fan, because they're big on radio equipment, would you be a fan of, in a raid, there's a super rare item that when you pick it up, if you extract with it, it's like a huge barter item, but it tells the Goon Squad your exact location because of the radio thing, how it would be like a radio transmitter or something like that? Would you be mm-hmm. a fan of a high-pressure item where you have to extract... But you have all you have the three coon squads right on your ass once you pick it up.
1: Huh. I'd be interested to see how Battlestate like codes and develops that because that would make raids more dynamic, which I'm all for all like the airdrops. Good idea. Stash is good idea. What that does is it puts more loot around the map and more points of interest for players to kind of roam. Um, so I do think that makes raids more dynamic, which I think would be a pretty neat little addition. As long as they turn the, those the rogue bosses down, because man, they are they are cracked out of their mind. So could you imagine oh. if they were chasing you down? In There'd a be map, so many people who line? would pick up that item, and be like, "Nope," and they just put it
0: right back in the case yeah. they got. It. Like I'm not touching it. Oh, absolutely them, not. Absolutely.
1: That <laughs> yeah, I could see that being like something that like bite you in the ass
0: later on, for sure. a oh, 100%. So, with the current iteration of the game, what is your favorite map to play? Um, lately, for the past few wipes, I've
1: always just been a big customs fan. I've always, late, late game in Tarkov, I've always just kind of gravitated towards customs and just played it because it was the easiest for me to move through. I know player rotations, I know player spawns very well. So it was just a fluid map to play all around. Like, if you wanted PvP, I really miss when labs is bumping and it's not just level 70 sweaties and and cheaters. Like I miss the majority of Tarkov players actually playing that map because it is so much fun to play. Right. Um, And I wish, I wish Tarkov would figure it out so like we can get back to playing that map and just kind of having fun with it rather than like, you know, it only being for a select few people um, that like decide to ruin it all the time. Um, But outside of that, like, customs is my obvious favorite but interchange for the longest time has always been like my uh what's the what's the word i'm looking for my guilty pleasure the problem is they whenever they change the lighting it just made that map so much worse and then the fog on top of that and the, the dark the dark rooms and whatnot and the camping and it's just it turned that map against itself because i think you could ask anyone in the tarkov community like that's what's one of the coolest concepts of a map In general, like you're in an urban, you're in an urban shopping mall, fighting and surviving, like shoot, like in these massive shootouts and stuff, and like it is just a, it's such a unique experience. But the way that it changed kind of made, made it like less than ideal, so to speak. Because I I remember before Reserve, before Labs, you PvP'd on Interchange. You had five boys rolling thick, hanging around Kiba and just getting into it fight around there. Well, like, there's the was... loot
0: potential is so huge on that map. You can find everything from a letex all the way to a flash like it's all there. Everything you could ever yeah. want is there and it just sucks that We're currently experiencing, you know, people who exit camp, people who cheat. Like, of course, like, just like laps, like the places that have the highest, like, you know, returns, you're going to see that kind of stuff going down. That's why I think something like a dig extract or something like another form of extract where you could be like, hey, I'm along this wall. I could do it anywhere along this wall. You can't exit. You can't camp this whole fucking wall. So I'm going to get out here, you know, like something to get around that I think would be a cool addition to the game.
1: Yeah. Or even like, here here's one off the here's one off my head you have a flare gun that you have to bring, you go to the roof and you shoot the flare for a helicopter extract something like that would be you know kind of cool that would be um, pretty that'd be hollywood-esque that, too that'd be pretty sick that would be very cool yeah i think that's just the map that's plagued with the most issues and like everyone scavs on that map because everything that you need for your tasks is on that map so like it's a recipe for disaster and especially like Earlier on in the wipe, you got player scavs getting into your raids in five minutes, not even. So like the scavs are beating you to the loot in a lot of those tech stores, like getting your G phones, getting your graphics cards and beating you there because like there's just so many people trying to flood that map early on in a wipe because that has literally
0: everything that you need for your progression. A hundred percent. Now you're right on that one. Totally. So like, you know, a few tweaks here or there could definitely change the way that it's currently played early wipe early stage wipe and just you know in general with exit camping like it's cool that battle state is a small company because you know triple a studios when they put out a game they usually don't go back and do things with it it's like you know you see games like that we're like oh yeah we're done with that we're on to the next project but battle state tarkov is their baby currently so they it's nice to see the game progress it's nice to see things change i know not everybody's a big fan of the changes such as like you know the ergonomics and the movement, like you can't have four car batteries in your bag anymore. But it game makes right. the game more balanced and it makes it more realistic. Yeah, do you have to probably go to that map again? Yes, but does it make it more realistic? Of course. Sure. Yeah.
1: Anything that any a lot of things that embed and aid the immersive experience is is better. At the end of the day, it is still a game, so you have to kind of ride that fine line between realism and like what's fun. Oh, absolutely. Um, so i i would just i really want them to just wrap the bow on this thing because it's been such a long five six years playing it and when i started playing tarkov there weren't any medical animations there were no reloading animations you literally just dragged dragged a stack of 60 bullets into a mag and it was full automatically uh you didn't have surgical kits so like if you blacked your leg your 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 ass is running out of that raid like Right. like immediately and there were no scav bosses so like it was it was a much more hollow game back then so like where it's now is great but i think as someone who's been playing this game for as long as i have i really think it's time for them to like finish this and wrap it up so that way like you know we can enjoy the experience for what it is and then they get to the, the next project they want to do. Cause like, I don't think this game's ever going open world. I, I think they abandoned that idea a long time ago because that was the, that was the original idea was right. that this game was going to be open world, like Daisy, where you would find all the traders on map and on location. So I don't know if they're still going to end up executing on that idea. Cause it seems like it's too tall of a task to complete, but right. if so, we'd have an amazing experience that's unrivaled, but it's, with how long things have been taking from a development standpoint i don't
0: know if we're ever going to get to that point point. and course corrections are very common just like look at cycle frontier cycle frontier was slated to be a battle royale game and then they decided to course correct and make it a looter shooter from the tarkov esque like you know vein so these gaming companies you know sometimes they have to make redirections to put out said product so i mean from somebody who's seen it from square almost square one to where it's right now like The amount of progression must be kind of like crazy to like think about. Like you were saying, like you couldn't even do this. Like reloads are instantaneous. Like the little things like that must be kind of jarring when you think about it.
1: Yeah. It's a testament to Battlestate and how far that they've come um, with designing and developing this game and making it into the experience that they want. Um, So I'm just, I'm just hoping it's, it gets finished up sometime here soon. And, and, you know, the, the final product is what we were all hoping for.
0: Totally. So with VoIP being a new addition from last swipe into the game, would you be a fan of a VoIP based mission? Be like, Hey, you have to put on a nice guy press pass and put on the press armor and equip a microphone and you have to VoIP with like three PMCs or like four scavs or something. Would you be a fan (laughs) of a mission like that or an extract like that? Be like, Hey, I'm part of the press and just walk up to a random like press shed. I think that would be kind of fun to see
1: done as like a daily something or, or, or you know, uh, something like that, because it is I, I the the co-op extracts were useless before wipe like they never ever or a thing. Uh, but they obviously had voip in the pipeline so that they knew that that was going to happen. And I actually just put up a raid video on uh, YouTube where I had I trusted a player scav as I was bid fighting like three groups of PMCs. So I have I trust this player scav uh, and we're voiping back and forth to each other and we go and clean up that the fight that we were in. And we grab the loot and we're on our way out. And then more player scavs start shooting at us and like. I, I remember VoIPing to these these other player scabs, and the guy I was with like, started scab voice He's like, yeah, we're scabs, man. We're just trying to get out of here. There was a big fight downstairs They sat in the third, and the, the, these other player scabs had shot at us, so we were kind of like, oh, we don't really trust you. So we baited them into the underground uh, thinking that we were scabs so then we we ended up like murdering them and betraying because they were shooting at us and then we like hauled ass to the extract because like something like that would have never happened if it weren't for VoIP and that being possible yeah so, it's added such uh, a layer to the game yeah so I would it would be cool to see other tasks and objectives that like focus on
0: something like that I could see that being very fun and useful uh down the line and as a content creator VoIP just gives you a blank check to do so much in game
1: Absolutely. Oh, man, I've had so many funny, like one liner experiences from people that are just like that just make you like your sides hurt after you're done laughing, hearing like some of the stuff that people say. It's really funny.
0: (laughs) So somebody who has come up in the community and known so many people, you probably have a Rolodex of (laughs) countless amount of content creators. Is there any content creator out there that you have not yet had an opportunity to work yet with? in a raid or make content or do like a charity event or anything like that, that you would like to moving forward.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a number of people up and down the list that I haven't, you know, gotten to interact with or or touch base with. Um, you know, and everyone's such an incredible people in the community, like sequish is such a fun, wholehearted guy. Uh, Aqua FPS is, is like both those guys, you go into their stream, you're, they're always having a good time. um, and Aqua just seems like a
0: regular, approachable dude, too. So he seems like a really awesome person.
1: Yeah, he's just like he's just your average, normal, run-of-the-mill like gamer guy. And like who who, who wouldn't love a guy like that? Like Right. The so Lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So getting to hang out with some of those people would always be fun and, and, and enhancing your circle and getting to meet all those people. So maybe you know, maybe you meet them at TwitchCon one day, maybe they ask you to play Tarkov sometime. So like it's it's just cool to see all that, um, to oh. see all those people and get to know them.
0: So what is next for Dotty Hack? Like, I'm sure you have goals and set things that you try to accomplish within a period of time. Now, is there anything like that you're willing to share with us now? If not, it's totally cool. But do you have anything that you're striving towards currently? Um. I mean, like I'm trying to hit small
1: incremental goals. Like I would like, love to hit like what? 20,000 followers on TikTok, 50,000 followers on Twitch. Just like, just to know that I'm still like moving forward with this. I I've been trying to grow my YouTube recently. So I'm going to try and get to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Cause I haven't put as much time into that. So like I've set like personal goals for myself to, um, to challenge myself to make more content and diversify my content this year so that's like my big thing that I'm striving for um but another big personal thing for me would be to probably like try to find like another band to jam with or or just just find a way to record and release my own music at some point like that would be something that I think would be really uh beneficial and helpful for me as well
0: so as a fan of metal And a fan of faster music, are you looking to try to form or create or play with people of that same mindset? Or are you trying to go into a different, like, you know, genre of music?
1: Uh, Probably people that are like-minded. I have a very, like, uh, acute and fine, like, side or uh, style of music that I like. And I would love to find a way to, like, etch my mark in that style. Um, So I'm probably looking for people that were, like, very similar... Uh, in genre comparatively to me.
0: Totally. And do you put out any music videos on YouTube? Be like, hey, this is paradiddle for people who are new to drumming or do you put out things like that when it comes to musical content or is it mostly gaming for the YouTube stuff? Um, well,
1: I'll put out like drum covers. Like I've been covering uh, Polaris, Veil of Maya, Spirit Box, to name a few. I'll like – if there's a song that I'm learning and I'm jamming it, like I'll just spend an hour or two one day, record it, cut it down, and then upload it just because like I've – I always liked watching drum covers on uh, YouTube and whatnot. So I figured, all right, well, why don't I try my hand in this too and throw something out there and see where it goes. You know, so you're no putting out the
0: content that you yourself like to consume. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And would you say that's the same approach you take to your stream? Like you try to put out the content that you yourself would like to consume. Like you try to be the streamer that you as an individual would watch.
1: Um, More or less. I've always just tried to be myself and try to like have that uniqueness. Like, for example, when. Tarkov is really starting to take off. Not that many people on Twitch were listening to metal or rock or, how, or hard rock or heavy metal. And a lot of times I get people coming in and be like, "Ah, oh, why are you listening to this devil music, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you don't like it, I don't fucking care like go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to listen to the music that I want to listen to. Because that's the experience I want. And that's the type of people that I want in I, my circle, in my, in my stream.
0: Because in and a weird way, your stream is your, like, your home. It's, like, your home base. So you right. should always feel comfortable in your stream. So, sure. like somebody coming yeah. in and trying to dictate, like, how you should be in your own home. Because 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 you're streaming out of your house, too. So, it's even that little aspect of it. Like, no, oh, fuck you. I'm doing what I want.
1: Right, yeah. It's my space. And so, it's, it's not for everybody. And, like, I, I I'm not going to intentionally be disrespectful to anybody else. But, like this is the music I want to listen to. And if you don't like it, like there are thousands of other people on right. Twitch right now that are playing Tarkov that you could go watch. Like, like it's you're not okay. going to be
0: disrespectful, but you're not going to let somebody come in and dictate or be disrespectful towards you. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people in my chat are quick to like, like monka s or like or like weird champ you know when people try to do something like that and i usually don't give it a lot of time or attention like it's just you know a lot of times people just come in to try and troll and i'm just like ah nah this is not going to work here and i'm sure the mods come
0: in and like you know funnel those people out who do those types of things and stuff like that right
1: Sometimes I'll let it go for a little too long and, like, have some fun with it, but...
0: (laughs) Right, but that's just for your own entertainment. You're just kind of, like, you know, you're kind of goading them on, but for your own, like, you know, fun. Exactly. So, for somebody who's new to the streaming environment, who might not have that comfortability or that confidence, what would be your best advice for dealing with people who come in and do that?
1: Um just ground yourself in security as much as you can like it's your space you get to do what you want don't let somebody on the internet get the best of you um because that person is probably projecting and you know what they say um is a direct means to try and get under your skin to try and like disrupt your flow or your your vibe or whatever so like just just you know Find the strength in yourself to not engage that type of stuff because people um, are just looking to try and get a rise out of you, and then they will try to paint you like the bad person when you react to it. So just, just don't let it. Just, just, just remember that like those people are intentionally trying to be malicious, and the 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 right thing to do is to not engage and um, continue that malicious behavior. So you just kind of like you know, you let it go. It's water under the bridge. It's not, it's no skin off your back. That person's never going to come around again anyway. Right. Don't let them them get the best of you.
0: Exactly. And if they do, they're just going to bring the same energy. So just know what you're getting in for. And
1: like, don't be afraid to block people. Right. Exactly. Yep. Band hammer all the, all the time.
0: So what would be your best advice for somebody who's brand new, who hasn't gone live yet and maybe a little hesitant about it? Like, what would be your best advice to that brand new person?
1: um, big thing is make sure that like your your video doesn't always have to be good but make sure your audio is all right like nobody a lot of people will lurk and kick back on streams but if the audio isn't very good um you know it's not going to be pleasurable it's not going to be a good experience so i would say definitely make sure that your audio is solid um that's not too high it's not going to be screeching you're not going to have too much background noise or the cat clawing at the door or whatever you know whatever the pots and pans fall into the background like we want to make sure that that's not gonna deteriorate the experience because people will put up with less than ideal video quality um, but usually when audio is really bad or weird uh, people tend to not stick around so if you're brand new like make sure that mic's checked up make sure you got some effects on it make sure your headphones are all solid like because that'll be the the easiest the, the easiest way to turn somebody
0: off is to have bad audio right a hundred percent if they can't hear you saying, how are they going to interact with you how like if that's that's a huge problem and that's such an easy issue like someone who deals with drumming like you touched on earlier audio is probably the easiest thing to happen and the hardest thing to fix
1: yep exactly Mm -hmm. and i'm a big audio guy so like i'm all about those those types of challenges and figuring stuff out um so i would definitely recommend for anybody that's new is to make sure like you have a decent headset mic or like a blue Yeti or something and throw a couple of effects on it to keep it like nice and professional sounding. Um because that's gonna that's gonna increase the experience for anybody that's watching. That's oh, what it's all about. Is it's it's all about making sure that the experience of the viewer is ideal.
0: Totally. So here at Castlecoms we try to keep it between an hour and an hour and a half. We've gone right through that time because it's our 50th episode. Fuck it, why not? So we're Hell, getting close to yeah. our time constraints. So Dottie Hack, now is your time to say whatever you'd like to say, whether you want to thank somebody, whether you want to give a shout-out to mods, a sponsor, plug a charity event, or any kind of tournament coming up. Now's your time to say whatever Dottie Hack has on his mind. The floor is yours. Cool. Awesome.
1: Um, but yeah, I just want to thank uh, you, 8-Bit, for inviting me on here. Uh, first and foremost, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I always, I always enjoy talking to folks about gaming, Twitch, Tarkov, whatever um i'd also like to thank everybody that you know watches my stream on a regular basis or anybody who might stop by from listening to this podcast you know everyone is you know always welcome to my chat i'd love to talk to you guys about tarkov about hockey about music about you know movies or whatever you know like i have a very laid back type of personality so you can always come and chat and you know hit me up uh with whatever you got i'd always love to talk shop with you guys about anything um for those of you guys that are listening, I am trying to uh, up my Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube uh, following, so it should just be Dotty Hack all across the board on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Uh, so if you guys want to drop me a follow or a subscription on any of those, like I would greatly appreciate it. I'm trying to hit a couple of personal goals by the end of the year. Um, as far as sponsors go, I have been partnered with a company called Blackcraft Cult, who have been An awesome company to work with Uh, i've been endorsing their brand for like 10 years i recently just got partnered with them on twitch uh bobby and jim are an incredible duo of people that is a great company if you guys haven't checked them out you should check out some of their merch over at blackcraftcult.com uh other than that uh i appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this episode today and i hope to see you guys chat sometime
0: i would love to talk to y'all all the episode I mean all of the links for Dotty will be in the episode description just scroll down on your Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're using to listen to click the link give the man a follow I would like to take this time to personally thank you Dotty Hack for taking your time out of your weekend to coming on here and talking to a complete stranger about video games I know that's a hard sell for some <laughs> people so thank you for taking that leap of faith and everybody in there I'm plugging a little noise alert and a code word somewhere in the middle of the episode and that code word will also be followed by an email address hit that email address with the code word i'll pick a random person we're giving away an extra five mouse and some other tarkov goodies for the 50th episode other than that i'm the 8-bit nobody this was episode 50 we've had dotty hack on the show go outside and touch some grass people and with that have yourself a